and welcome once again to Shelf Esteem. I'm Trudy Morgan Cole, and my guests in the studio this week are two of my fellow Newfoundland writers, uh, both with debut novels, either just out or just coming out. Bridget Canning is the author of The Greatest Hits of Wanda Janes, just recently released, and Sharon Bala is the author of the upcoming novel The Boat People. Both such gifted and award-winning writers and such avid readers. We had a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. What have you read lately that you are really excited about or have found really interesting? Uh, I've got two books here. I just finished reading uh, Kathleen Winter's Boundless. Okay. Um, I've read Annabelle and I've read a couple of her short stories. Mm -hmm. And um, I, uh, I, I was, I, I was, I took part in the Ottawa International's Writers Festival mm -hmm. in July, and I've never met Kathleen Winter, and she was on the junket with me, and uh -huh. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to fangirl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I grabbed this up because I wanted to, um, I knew it was nonfiction, um, and it was really interesting because we took part in this, and I love it, it's, it's just a beautiful book, it's about um, this boat trip she takes up into the... Uh, the Northwest Passage, basically. Oh, okay. So it's a lot of her um, thinking about how she's feeling about uh, you know the North and colonization and a lot of interactions with the other people on the boat. Um, it, was, it was interesting actually because I was about halfway through and we were so switching back to the Ottawa Writers Festival. Um, Kathleen was sitting next to me and there was this woman, Elizabeth, and she introduced me to her. She started talking. Of course, she's in the book. Like she oh, did. okay. <laughs> and she has this like hand-knit like underwear and stuff that, that, that's how they kind of met she had it and, 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 and Kathleen asked her a bunch of questions I was like oh my god it's you you're the one with the, <laughs> you're a character the from the world um, and there's a character in it as well not, I don't want to say character because it's not fiction yeah. there's a person uh, I just finished I just saw um, um, Angry Anouk on oh, okay. that film mm -hmm. on uh, on something which is amazing and um uh, see, this is, see, this is what I hate when you read a book and you think you know how to pronounce someone's name, and then oh, yes. you see the, you, you, the, the, the person. Because I, I, in my mind, her name is Aju Peter, but her name is like I, I think it's Aja Peter. Oh, okay. uh, but she is a, a um, an activist, and uh, uh, she she's she's a, she's a lawyer, and she works. F um, so we see her going to. Um, to to Europe during when the Euro European Union is passing laws on selling you know uh, on, on importing seal products right. and things like that and she's also in the book so okay. I felt like I got so excited when I said oh it's her oh, I read all great. of her and there she is in this film so yeah I really really enjoyed that um, and I've also got uh, strange things done by L Wild this L E L L E okay like like, like L like she um, so I don't usually read mysteries. Uh-huh. I do enjoy watching a good mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't usually I don't usually pick up a book because it is a mystery. Yeah, like often yeah, I way. I will pick up a book mm -hmm. and it has elements of mystery mm -hmm. in it. Um L uh, was one of the winners of the From Our Dark Side Genre Film contest uh -huh. that I uh, that I'm also a winner in uh, this oh, okay. year. So we met in Vancouver and uh, um, she she got she, her entry into the contest was she's trying to adapt this for film. Oh, okay. Um, and so I was like, well, I'll go pick up your book. So I picked up when I was in Vancouver, and it's so great. It's this. Uh, so it won the uh, the Unhanged Author Award in nineteen nineteen fifteen was two thousand fifteen, and she's won a few other awards now. And it's this. You know, it takes place in. Um, 
Dawson City up in the Yukon. Mm-hmm. So it's got that kind of like noir, you know, northern noir yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, mystery. And like as things are getting spookier, like the, it gets actually getting like darker and darker mm-hmm. there uh, with the, you know, cool. as it gets getting descending yeah. into winter. Um, and I, yeah, it's a really great book. I really liked it. Um, and it kind of, and then after that, I started watching Trapped. Have you seen that show? No. On Netflix? No, 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 it's sure. this Icelandic murder mystery. Oh, I've heard oh, people talk about it. Yes. So, yeah. so now I'm like, so anyway, so both these books actually have a theme. They both, you know, they both take place way up north. In the so, north, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, though. I know what you mean about, like, I'm the same way about mystery. Like, I rarely pick up a genre mystery, although there are some from, like, the classic era mm. mysteries that I love. Uh, like Dorothy Sayers, but you know, I'm not, I wouldn't describe myself as a mystery reader. But sometimes a book intrigues me, and then I follow it. Like currently, I'm reading this one called Midnight at the Bright Ideas Bookstore, which I picked up purely because title. I, I know, and I will buy almost any book that is set in a bookstore or has bookstore in the yes. title. Sometimes it works out better than others. Uh, but you know, I'm a chap, a couple chapters into this, and I realize this is basically a mystery. This is all going right. to come down to uncovering what was really going on right. in this crime and how that you know influenced the thing that happens at the beginning of the book, which is. Somebody commits suicide, um, but there's a murder in the past, and and so I'm like two three chapters in, and I realized essentially I'm reading a mystery novel, but mm. that it wasn't the mystery that hooked me originally. But yeah, it's so you're saying you'll get tricked into it. I will get tricked into reading <laughs> mysteries. Yeah, I think the thing with reading mysteries is that I feel. Like, I'm not smart enough to read mysteries. Like, there are a lot of people who read mysteries and they're like, oh, I had it figured out halfway through. It was so obvious. And I was like, no, totally everything blindsides me. I'm not, I'm not good at working that out. I like that, too. Like, The 13th Tale, which I oh, didn't yes. think was a mystery. It's totally mm-hmm. a mystery. Really, really excellent. And yeah, love that. Did, would you say that The Devil You Know is a mystery? Yes. Yeah. 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 But that's not what I really thought of when I picked it. And it's not marketed mm-hmm. as a mystery. No, and yeah. it's not. Yeah. But yeah, and Thirteenth Tale too is yeah, it's not marketed as a mystery, but right. it definitely is. I read that a few years ago and I remember loving it, but yeah. it's been a while now, yeah. Yeah. So what have you read lately that you're really excited about? So I feel like everyone always talks about the books that are that have just come out. Like yeah. both of those yeah. have just come out, right? Um, and I'm always reading I've been reading some early 1900s. There's nothing wrong with that. We don't always always read books in the order they appear, especially if they were published before we were born. Like, I'll probably read the books that came out this year in two years. Um, But I've been reading um, Leonard Wolf, who, of course, is better known as Mr. Virginia Woolf. Yes, yeah. But he's an excellent writer, and there's a great book called Wise Virgins, which everyone knows because it was written in, like, the 1913 or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, But what I love about him is he has... He's really witty, mm-hmm. and he's got these fantastic lines that, as writers, you know, you read someone else's yes, great lines, and yeah. you think, I'm so jealous. Yes. So there's this one, um, he, this is 1913-ish, and he's uh, describing a young woman, maybe like 26, 27, something like that. So, you know, probably going to be a spinster, uh-huh, of course, early 1900s. Uh, and he describes her, it was something like, if she was born in the 80s, by which he means the 1880s, 80s, yeah. or grew up in Kensington, she would have been a militant suffragette. But as it was, she wore a lot of plaid and played a lot of golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Isn't great. That great? Yes, I yeah. It, I love it when people can sum up characters yes, a lot yeah. like that. And in something really unexpected. Yes, but it just yeah. tells you everything you need to know. And this character isn't a main character. She mm-hmm. kind of flips through the story. But you, the, every time she comes on the scene, you have a very vivid picture of her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's so a gift to be able to do that. He's fantastic. And then this is um, 
for podcast listeners, I'm holding the book. <laughs> um, it's called, um, it's an uh, author called Molly Panter Downs. She was the contemporary of like Evelyn Waugh and Graham Greene and Muriel Sparks, but no one talks about her anymore. Okay. She's sort of a forgotten author, even though she's amazing. And she had books, she had uh, short stories published in the New Yorker. Okay. Um, and they're all excellent because they're very precise, they're very character driven. And when you read them, it's that sense of that you get of I understand this emotion. Mm-hmm. And he does that thing that I think as writers is very tricky, which is to accurately describe emotion on the page without mm-hmm. it being kind of didactic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very cool stuff. Yeah. Although I also did read, this is a bit newer, but I mm-hmm. recently read uh, Alain de Botton's The Course of Love. Okay. Which yeah. is weird because it's a novel. But also a how-to manual. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a I've, I've heard yeah. of it, but I haven't read it. It's so. a, it's a, it's a, it's a thinly veiled how-to novel masquerading, how-to manual masquerading as a novel. I would say. Oh, okay. But it's excellent. That sounds intriguing. Yeah, that really does. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about this couple, um, and you you are introduced them in, in their first meeting and it's that kind of thing of like mm-hmm. you go to a dinner party and you ask people who've been married or who are together and you say oh how did you guys meet mm-hmm. and there's always like a fantastic story <laughs> even if it's pretty mundane it's always yeah. a really good story but what no one ever asks is and, and why are you still together uh-huh. and so he then charts the course of their relationship oh, and okay. what keeps them together and what threatens to drive them apart and mm. oh that does yeah. sound so interesting yeah, yeah. That's, i've thought about that as well like people say oh this couple they're married for 65 years yeah. like well that doesn't mean it was great. good yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to ask how do you not you know kill yeah. each other yeah. Yeah. how do you manage to stay together and not as a friend of mine once said before Jason and I were getting married and they had been married at that time for about 10 years and we asked uh, you know do you have any advice for us or anything and they just kind of looked at each other and my friend said I just wake up every morning and say thank god I wasn't murdered in my sleep (laughs) but the thing is they're not together anymore so that might not be that might not be a blue feather maybe if you're waking up every morning saying thank god I wasn't murdered in my sleep things need to change yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Good um, You both, of course, are local writers who have, in your case, you have a book just out this year, Bridget, and yes. you have one coming out yeah, in the next, next year, year, Sharon. Um, what about other local writers? What is there, are there any books on the local scene um, that you're really excited about currently or have been yes. reading? Well, of course, one of yours was Kathleen Winter. Yeah. What else? Anyone else that you're... Uh, can I can I cheat and mention books that are coming out soon? That yes, I'm really you absolutely about? can. Yeah. yeah, this is a ball face advertisement for two members of my writing group. Oh, good. Go right ahead. <laughs> so Jamie Fitzpatrick has a book coming out with yes. Breakwater yeah. called The End of Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been working on it for a couple of years, a few years now, mm-hmm. and I've seen it kind of evolve. Yes. So I'm really excited as a writer who's been involved in the book as well, just yes. to see the final outcome. He is such a good writer. Yeah, too. and yeah. he's an excellent writer. So mm-hmm. I think. Um, it'll be a fantastic book. And the other one is uh, Susan Sinnott, who's got a debut novel coming out next year called No Through Road, which again, I've, you know, seen pieces of it. uh, And I saw a very early, complete draft. And it was already really excellent at that point, so I know it's going to be, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Yeah. and she, an early draft of that book, won the Percy Janes, I think the year before I won the Percy Janes. So oh, yeah, okay. and that was like early draft, and now it's evolved since. So oh, yeah, it's so it is books. so neat as as a writer, you know, in community with other writers, when yeah. you get to see people's books 
kind of evolve through those yeah. stages and then see the final product is it is it is really neat. What about you? Anything else? I, I'm excited for Jamie's book as well. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Demiriafi's book is coming. Oh yeah, out. Hysteria. What, when is coming out? No, I don't. <laughs> What's it I, called? What's it? I think is it called Hysteria? Is that I, what it's called? I think now? there's two different titles, but oh, okay. I think it's I like called the Hysteria. Don't Don't Forget About Me. It's about kind of a it's like a ghost kind of I think mystery, it's going to be a mystery. But oh, but don't okay. let that put us off. No, be another me. one of those mysteries that you know that you, you fall into really reading accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm really yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to that. She wants to watch a post about. It. I'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really love her writing. Um, it must be coming soon because I think she's finished. She's writing like three yeah, things at the same time. Yeah. Because she's also been writing an adaptation. Um, well, she's one of, she's like you. She's putting the rest of us to shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only work on one thing. And, she, and she's writing Fly Girls, which was what right. John yes. yes. yeah. the, the, the vampire and airline yeah. flight attendant um, yeah. horror movie that she's writing. Um, That's going to be so one I want to watch. Like yes, after definitely. I have this thing of like New Year's Day is a great day to watch zombie vampire horror <laughs> movies. Because you feel a little bit like you're very hungover. I'm just like I feel like a zombie. I need to watch some zombies. I had never heard anyone say that that New Year's Day was the perfect day for zombie yeah. movies, but yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> Around after Christmas, New Year's Day, I want to watch. I want to like marathon watch like all the Simpsons Halloween episodes. Oh <laughs> yes, I'm back. I'm yes. Really, I don't want to watch any Christmas thing. I just want to. No, yeah. Yeah. you're kind of recovering from all that. Then. Yeah. 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 So off the top of my head, I um, I've had this pile of books on my shelf and Craig Francis Powers' Ski Love is there as well. Oh, so right. I'm planning yeah. on diving into that in the next couple weeks. I'm really excited to read that one. Mm -hmm. uh, I finished, I read The Hope in the fall and I really like that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yes, so, so those, those two I would say are the main ones. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, I always like to ask people about books that have had an influence on you. And that could be like currently in your life or it could be books that had an influence on you when you were younger and either as a human being or as a writer or whatever. So what are some of the ones that stand out uh, to either of you as, as the books that have really impacted you in a big way? I feel like you're going to say something. No? I no, you go, I ahead. go ahead. Okay, yeah. okay. So as a writer, uh, Robert Olin Butler's, I think it's called From Where We Dream. Okay. Um, and it's, I read it when I was first starting to write The Boat People because I didn't know, I had never written a novel before really, uh -huh. I didn't know how to write a novel. And it's a great book, it kind of breaks down one way of how you can write. And I'm thinking I have to go back to that now, I'm starting to think about the next novel. Uh, but the other one, which has sort of influenced my thinking in the last couple of years, is um, Dave, Daniel Kahneman's uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, which is a nonfiction, and it's about the two ways we think. The okay. one way is kind of like this knee-jerk reaction thinking, mm -hmm. which is how we do like 80, 90, almost 100% of our thinking, which mm -hmm. is just we make decisions on the fly. Right. Uh, but the other way is like slowly thinking about the options when you're making a big decision. Right, like analyzing. Right, yeah. and, uh, and he talks about how we rely way too much on the quick thinking, which is the way we think about what we how we consume the news mm -hmm. um, and how we make like little decisions and it often results in a lot of mistakes. Mm. Uh, so one example is he says, if you say something over and over again, even if it's false, people will start to believe it. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. like something that politicians know so well. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, you know, the news 
kind of helps to perpetuate yeah. misinformation just by like repeating it. Over yeah, and over. we see the most egregious example oh, of it yeah. in the U.S. right yeah. now. But our own politicians yeah. use the same trick. Yeah, you say it often yeah. enough. People will, even yeah. if they know it's not true, start treating it as if it is, which is terrifying, yeah. actually. So this book has helped me sort of try to undo some of my own mistakes in thinking, even mm. in small things like when you're making a decision about, you know, how to buy a car or like which car should I buy mm. or, um, you know, even like which local politician should I vote for? Yeah. This kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the other one you mentioned, the Robert Ollen, uh, Robert Ollen, Ollen Butler, from, yeah. what's it called again? From, I think from it's called you, From Where You Dream. Yeah, I think someone else has recommended that to me too. It's interesting that it never at any point in my career as a novelist occurred to me that I should read a book about how to write a book. Oh, there, I have like a whole collection on my <laughs> shelf of like how to write books. <laughs> it's so that's that's yeah. such a different way of going about it. But I mean, there are books on writing that I love, like Stephen King's on writing, yeah. and Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, which is probably the one. I still that, haven't read that. One. Oh, get that, that to me is that the one to my shelf. best writing advice. Is 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 all in Bird by Bird, uh, particularly the uh, just just take it bird by bird, which comes from a story about her brother having to write, and when he was in school, having to write a, a book, a report on North American birds and getting completely overwhelmed by it, and her father coming by and saying, just just take it bird by bird, buddy. Just take it bird just by bird. bird. <laughs> which is... That's actually not that different from uh, Butler's advice of um, scene by scene. Yes, yeah, that's you know, yeah. basically what it breaks just, down like, to. Think yeah. about a scene. like mm -hmm. Just sit and imagine it, picture it fully, and then once you can totally picture the scene, write like a one-sentence description of the scene on a cue card, put it aside, go to the next scene. Mm. And once you have like 300 cue cards, you have 300 scenes. <laughs> and you can see it in my novel, um, The Boat People, because it's all scenes. Like it's yes. just one scene. And I yeah. didn't even write them in order. I just wrote the scenes. And mm. then later I had the cue cards and just did this thing where I, yeah. <laughs> now, when you did that, this is, this is a way from a reading to a writing question, but that's okay. Um, did you find, like if you had written scenes that were going to, happen later in the story, mm -hmm. but you wrote them earlier. Mm -hmm. By the time you got up to them, had things changed? Oh yeah, lots of yes. scenes like got yeah. thrown out and I had to write different scenes. Yeah, yeah. I know I've, I usually write things in order, but sometimes I've, you know, written a scene that happens at the end of the book, long, long events, and when I get to it, I'm like, oh, she would never do that. You know, mm -hmm. as the character has evolved, right. that scene doesn't work anymore, it doesn't make sense anymore. But it's not really interesting to me how writers write. You know, so books mm -hmm. on writing are definitely, even yeah. though I never set out to read a book to tell me how to write write one. Uh, yeah, I've had that, that Robert Olin Butler recommended to me before, and I really should put it on my to-read list. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm there with a pen and a highlighter. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. What about you, Bridget? Um, the one you just mentioned as well, like Stephen King's oh, yes, Memoir yeah. on Writing. Uh, I've, I've read years ago, and I remember it, actually, it inspired me to pick up something that I had abandoned. Uh-huh. And, oh, and oh, really, that's great. Um, and did it is, work out? It did. I finished the manuscript. It's oh, actually, nice. um, it's unpublished. It's called Imaging Tubs, and it's the one that I, I did the Writers Alliance mentorship yeah. with, a, um, okay. uh, with a Kavanaugh a couple years mm -hmm. ago, and that's one we, we, that's what I used with him to develop that. And do you think you're going to do something with that? I'm hoping the, uh, so, yeah. I'm kind of riding out. I'm going to see what's happening with Wanda James. Yes. Right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to have her time and, the then, <laughs> and then And then I'm going to pick up Imogene. Yeah. <laughs> um, but not really a, no, a, a book that uh, influenced me, but I was thinking about, just what you're talking, um, uh, there's an essay by Joan Didion called, um, on, called on Keeping a Notebook. Uh-huh. 
Um, and I did a, a, a fiction writing course with Lisa Moore a few years ago, and she had us read that essay, mm-hmm. and then she made us go back. She's like, okay, I want you to go back into, you know, your old journals or anything. Like, it could be, it, just find something that you wrote in the past. Mm-hmm. And it could be anything. It could be a, like a receipt or something uh-huh. like that. Uh, and something that you kind of can't really remember the time, what was going on at the time. Uh-huh. But something that... that uh, you know, so just to kind of go through something and look at it, basically look at it and so go, what? what? What am I talking yes, about? Yeah. Uh, or try to think what was going on in your life at the time and then write a story from that. Uh, in, in Joan Didion's essay, she talks a lot about a lot of her journals are just little observations or a snippet of conversation mm-hmm. that she overheard. Mm-hmm. And I found this um, really interesting because I think a lot about memory. I'm, mm-hmm. I've been being told... I've been told a lot I have a good memory, mostly by my fiancé, who does not have a good memory. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, only, no, only one person in a couple yeah, needs to have yeah, a good memory. Yeah, I'm that but, person. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. So, and I will weirdly remember details about about things. Um, because you're but, a writer, and it's yeah, our job to notice Yeah, yeah it, you know, I, I remember. I remember a conversation with this guy years ago that I'd known when I was my, doing my undergrad, mm-hmm. and then I met him again doing my education degree. And we were having a conversation because he was friends with some friends. He was, he was friends. I was going out with a guy, and he was friends with the roommates. And we were all mm-hmm. sitting in the living room one day, and we were watching TV. See, I'm remembering this yeah, stupid yeah. conversation. And there was a Pert shampoo commercial came on. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and it was, I remember, it was some famous tennis player, and she's pulling off her sweatband, her hair is all sweaty and tangled, and the announcer's like, so-and-so, famous tennis star, spends oh. 45 minutes ruining her hair. I know this commercial. And then she uses Per Plus, and it replenishes it all. And this guy I was talking to made a joke. It's like, yes, because those natural oils are like acid on your hair. <laughs> and we all laughed. And then, you know, so that over 10 years later, I'm talking to him. I was like, oh, I remember you saying this oh, in this I living know. room. And he looked at me. He's like, that's really weird that you remember <laughs> Did he remember that? He didn't remember it, and he thought it was, like, very strange that I remembered Mm. that detail in such... uh, But I was like, I I just... It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I thought it was interesting that doing this essay... This... uh, reading this essay that, that Lisa uh, assigned, this Joan Didion essay, and find, because I do that as well, like mm-hmm. I have, I keep an Evernote in my phone and I oh, write yeah. down little oh, yeah. snippets of things yeah, that come to mind, yeah, me too. or like things that people say, uh-huh. and sometimes I go through, it's like, what is that talking about? So it was really interesting to kind of go back through um, to see what people came up with, like some mm-hmm. pe- some people came in with um, like pictures they had had drawn when they were children and wrote oh, stories yeah. about what it meant mm-hmm. to them, and finding something and uh, from your past, but what you write about it could be something completely different. It has yeah. actually nothing mm-hmm. to do with that. Like I found this piece. The piece I wrote about, I found, it was just a random line in an old journal I had in like 1996. I had written, "He lost his shirt playing solitaire." <laughs> That's a great line. Like, line. You have to use and that. And do you yeah. remember anything about I why don't you wrote remember that down? why I wrote that down? Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was waitressing at the Pizza Experts up uh-huh. on uh, across from the mall, uh-huh. across from the Avalon Mall. Right. And there was a uh, the Westside Charlie's next to it. I used to work the Sunday morning breakfast shift, and uh-huh. people used to show up to play the VLTs. Right. In the morning, and I had a lot of, you know, negative feeling. Well, I do have a lot of negative feelings about video loud terminals, so mm-hmm. I, that's what it came to mind. I was like, oh, I must have made a comment yeah, about VLTs. Yeah. Could be completely something completely different, but that's what I ended up yeah. writing about. It is, um, it is. That is such an interesting exercise, though. I was going through a notebook, and it wasn't like a writing. I think it was like a notebook I used for work or something I was doodling on in a meeting or something. 
and I just found on a page all by itself a sentence that says, apparently we're BFFs now, with an exclamation point, <laughs> and then the name Wendell circled. I don't know Who's anybody Wendell? named Wendell. <laughs> uh, there's no Wendell in my personal life, work life, mm-hmm. and I've... I, I actually took a picture of it and posted it on my Facebook page. I was like, does anybody have any idea why <laughs> I would have written this sentence and who Wendell is? Nobody did, and I still don't. But things like that are so, mm-hmm. you know, like, what story could I get out of that? And, and, and the fact that Wendell and I are apparently BFFs now. <laughs> no, that's, that He's out there really listening great. to this. Like, Gosh, doesn't he remember me? <laughs> How does she not remember me? <laughs> they were BFFs. Oh, but that's such a great, uh, a great exercise, and the the whole idea of exploring memory and the weird little things that, uh, that yeah, and, and kind of what fiction is, and yes. what fiction isn't, yeah. and what truth in writing is. Mm. And, and so, for all the people out there who think that you know, writer, the writers in the coffee shop, or the waitress who's also a writer, or whatever, are writing down random things you say, and they're going to turn up in a book someday. Yes, yes, yeah, this is true. Yes, one hundred percent. Or someone else will hear something. Now, friends who've overheard funny things will tell me. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes, and people I will put them in my little notes on oh, my phone that's great. yeah <laughs> that's so good yeah my fiance sent me a full like transcript of like a conversation that was oh. happening on the plane oh really so good He's, that's the best <laughs> gift he could have given yes <laughs> that's a wonderful gift it's amazing it was you have woman, to marry that man yeah there was a woman talking about her child what was the line he's um oh my god he's house devil and the street saint that's what she oh, said. That's so great. Oh, that is that's so a great, great title. title. That is a great oh, title. Devil's it's also a great title for a podcast. So yeah. it might end up being yes. right. <laughs> I always from the podcast I always pull yes. like a sentence or something that somebody says. So maybe that one. Yes. Although he lost his shirt playing solitaire is also, yeah. also really great. What about books that influenced you when you were younger or, or books that you feel, you know, were really important to you when you were a child or a teenager or whatever? Everything by Judy Bloom. Oh, really? Everything she wrote. Yeah, yeah. So I first met Judy Bloom when I was in grade four. And do you know the Fudge series? Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing. Mm -hmm. He, like, Peter is a fourth grade. He has a much younger brother. I had a much younger sister who Mm -hmm. was, like, the beloved. And I was just like Peter. (laughs) I thought, here's someone who understands. Um, But but Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. It's probably one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah. Yeah. There are scenes from that book that still, like, resonate with me. Yeah, yeah, she really captured so much. But for me, it was I. I loved Are You, Are you There, God? It's Me, Margaret, too. But for me, it was uh, Blubber. Did you ever read Blubber? Yes. Which to me is yes. like the best book ever written about childhood bullying yeah. and how the the po- the elementary school politics of who gets singled yes. out and picked on. Because I was picked on a lot in elementary <laughs> school, so I really felt that book really, really deeply. And uh, yeah. I thought she she captured that so well. I'm always amazed by adult writers who can go back in time and then write from that place, which I've never really tried it because I don't think I could do Another really good uh, adult writer who's done that really well, I think, is Curtis Sittenfeld with Prep. Okay, I don't Um, know. It's a book about kids at a prep school, so they're like high school age. Uh And yeah, there's a a lot of bullying and there's a lot of... uh, like politics and kind of growing up and boy girl uh-huh. stuff and sexuality, and uh, and then what's she does this really interesting thing where you it's first person 
which is also, I think, really mm-hmm. tricky to do, mm-hmm. first person from a child's point of view. Yes. And yeah. then she kind of flips it around at the end, and yeah, I'm giving mm-hmm. it away now, but <laughs> you realize that maybe the first person narrator is not so reliable. Which, oh, yeah. As a writer, I should have known, seen yeah, that coming, but... Yeah. I mean, people talk about the unreliable narrator, but I think every first person narrator is an unreliable, unreliable narrator. narrator. Yes. We yes. all yeah. are yeah. in our own lives, too. Everything yeah. is so filtered. But it's true, there are some a lot of, of, you know, writers who retain that ability to see through the eyes of a child or a young adult and and make it completely believable. Interesting. Have you read any of Judy Bloom's novels for adults? Uh, I think I read Summer Sisters, which I didn't like that one. I want to. I'm, I've been, this sounds terrible. I want to read some of Judy Bloom's stuff for adults, but I have I'm kind of scared to yeah, because I'm, I have yeah. such a wonderful memory of yeah. her. It's like when you see a like movie you saw as a kid and you yes. watch it as your no, adult. Like, so oh, no. And I, I'm really scared that's going to happen now that I'm you know this. I read I read person. one. It might have been Summer Sisters years ago, but a couple of years ago I read the one that she had out most recently in the Unlikely Event, mm-hmm. which oh, is based on the real life experience that happened. I think in the town she grew up in, where there were in the 1950s there were three horrible plane crashes in this New Jersey town, really? of like, mm-hmm. which I think is now where Newark Airport is or about about there. Um, anyway, and, and the impact, but the characters are all fictional, but the three plane crashes really happened. It was intriguing, but it sure didn't have an impact on me the way you know some books do and the way her, her young adult books did yeah. when I was a young adult. So mm-hmm. I tend to feel that she writes better for for kids or used to write better for kids than for adults but I don't know or we had not as many really excellent books when we were children and could so be those yeah. books stuck maybe out. they stuck out more yeah I don't know she wrote so honestly you know yeah she really there's I don't know there's something almost um I think if you grew up in the western world middle class there's like very similar experiences that you have yeah which maybe are not the same when you're an adult maybe there's more plurality of experience as an adult Mm -hmm. so something about that is like the way that she wrote about children I think resonated with so many of us because we all had the same yeah yeah Yeah. but a lot of things that are written like YA novels and things are written for children especially like young like like Uh early novel like like novels you start reading young, uh, take place over a summer they take place in a very confined period of time and a lot of Judy Bloom's stories were like like a school year they go away for the summer or this is what happens happens in that term so it's it's very confined because she wrote um Sheila the Great. Yes. yes. Sheila, Sheila, Sheila the Great. Sheila was like the, yeah. So then yeah. you get the other side of the Peter story. Yes. Yeah. I was talking about that, that novel. That, that, that's that, a summer that story one. The other, that's a summer yeah. one. It's the same kind of thing as, I'm not super fudge. One. It's a super fudge where the Hatcher family is the Hatcher. That's our, is it Peter Hatcher? I think it is Hatcher. Uh, yeah. They go away. They leave New York and they go out somewhere to else. Pennsylvania, like rural Pennsylvania yeah. or something. Yeah. Because yeah. Sheila the Great is that as well. They, yeah. they, they switch leave houses. New York. Yes. I can't believe I spent so many years in the residence. I was talking about it the other day, and I remember because they switch, this her family and other family switch houses, yeah. and they all have boys. So she's saying this boys room. Yes. Oh yeah, and it's full of like he makes boys models. Stuff. She was yeah. a great stuff. feminist. She was a yeah. great early feminist, which I didn't realize at the time when I was reading yeah. that book. But later, as an adult, I was like, oh. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and she's so trying to hide all her fears, and she's yes. scared of everything. She's yes. scared of the dog next door. She's scared of putting her face in the water when she's yeah. swimming. She's scared of everything. Then her and her friends have a slumber party that goes terribly wrong, and they start throwing all the boys' uh, models. Got <laughs> 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 terrible. Oh, oh, um, yeah, but I remember. Um, 
there's a lot of books I could talk about as influencing me as a child. Uh, my mother was a librarian, oh, and okay. so we were constantly read to. We were constantly there's always just so many books in the house, and um, mom read to us when we were children. And um, so I read, you know, the the Tintin series, or I always oh, call yeah. it Tintin. Tintin. I, I was yeah. Tintin. Um, <laughs> Asterix and Obelix. Um, oh, she yes. read oh, yeah. Anna Green Gables to us uh-huh. as you know every night when we went to bed. She read us The Hobbit. Um, you know, Judy Bloom, Beverly Cleary, Polly Dance, De- po- Dan- Dance. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, Gordon Corman, the Gordon Corman. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love the Gordon Corman books. Um, but I have to say, if I was going to say two books that really stood out for me were Harry the Spy. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, A Bridge to... Talk- Ter- Terabithia. Ter- 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 yes. Talk about mispronouncing things. As a child, I call it Bridge of Terabithia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you have these or words that you only ter- ever say in your mind from books. Yeah. Um, and I loved Harry the Spy. Like, I mean, just, you know, Harriet is, is you know, the observer, and she's always yes. writing everything down. Harriet's the writer. Harriet's the writer. Yeah. Harriet, you know, observes everything. And, and uh, I remember wanting to try an egg cream so badly. Because oh, yes. Yeah, they sound so exotic. For egg creams. And then, of course, you know, her notebook being found mm-hmm. and everybody turning against her and um, and her kind of trying to find a way to kind of, get, get, you know, reclaim some status again after yeah. that. Uh, that was probably a book I think I, one of the first books I read over and over again as a child. Yeah. Um, and Bridge of Terabithia, which I re, I, I, I tutor a girl uh, in, 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 she's been tutoring her since she's in grade six. She's going to grade 10 now. And we read it a couple of years uh-huh. ago. Um, and, uh. I got so emotional at the oh, end of it again. I was like, oh, my God, it's so sad. Um, but, I mean, the Jesse is the main character is kind of being trapped in this poor area, mm-hmm. and he's an artist, and nobody understands that he likes to draw, and he hides it from his, you know, aggressive mm-hmm. father, and then finally making a friend, yeah. and and she dies. But I remember, I remember reading, I got that book for Christmas when I was in grade five, and uh-huh. I remember reading it, and I used to fly in bed and read it, and my sister and I shared a bedroom. And where she came upstairs, she told me this. She told me the story a few times. She goes, "I had just finished, you know, I was, I was near in the last few pages of that book, and mm-hmm. you know, his friend's named Leslie uh, yeah. dies, and I'm crying and crying." In my <laughs> and my sister comes in. She's like, "Bridget, what's the matter with you?" And I'm like, "Leslie died." I actually had a friend named Leslie. Oh, oh no! And she was like, oh. "What? What happened?" She's like, "She was trying to get across the creek." And so and Liz, so then she realized, oh, Bridget is talking about the yeah. stupid book she's reading. <laughs> and then I was afterwards, I was like, oh, you got to read this book. It's great. And my sister was like, I am never reading that book. <laughs> I saw how upset you got. Um, oh but that was probably, I remember that book being the first book that actually really, you know, I read by myself and really, mm-hmm. really moved me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never seen, I know they made it into a movie, I think. I've never they did make it into a movie, and it's not bad. I actually never read that book because uh, it kind of oh, fell into it. I'm of a somewhat, no, it's okay. I'm <laughs> of a somewhat older generation, <laughs> so it came out after I had done reading young adult books. And then my kids watched the movie, and then we, I think we even had the movie on DVD, and then mm-hmm. I think I went back and read the book afterwards. Um, but I knew it first through the movie, and it's actually not, as movie adaptations of beloved books go, mm-hmm. not bad, which, you know, there's a lot of bad ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought Bridge Terabithia was pretty good, but then that I did encounter the movie first, and I think when you read the book first, nearly always the movie is a yeah. letdown, with very few exceptions. I can't think of an exception. Yeah. Um, I think always. 
Yeah, there's one book that I where I, where I sincerely believe the movie is better than the book. But again, I did see the movie first. Maybe if I read um, the Princess Bride. Oh, the yes. movie's better yeah. than the book. Oh. Yeah. There's no doubt the movie's better than the book. <laughs> You're right, but I've um, also seen the movie first. Yeah, yeah, I love that yeah. movie. It's just that the the book has kind of a nasty edge of cynicism, which I think is intended to be humor, but it doesn't come across that way to me. Nice. <laughs> but again, you know, having been immersed in the, book, the movie and seen it many times, it might just be that my loyalty is to that. Or you knew what was going to happen, and yeah. so it wasn't yeah. as gripping. It's just tonally, though. It's just tonally they feel very different to me. Mm -hmm. than, but yeah, I think it's pretty much, it's an almost universal rule that no book adaptation, well, no book adaptation to exactly. movie is ever going to live up mm -hmm. to the book in your hand. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I, I uh, asked people to think about in advance, which people don't always have an answer for, but you said you have one, is if you could live in the world yes. of a book, what book would you like to live oh, in the world? So the Harry Potter books, but after the big battles are over. So the <laughs> epilogue of the very last book would be where I'd like to live. Okay. I feel that we're living in like the fifth book. Yes. Order of the Phoenix right, is feeling very, very relevant right relevant. now. relevant. Yeah. He yeah. who shall not be named yeah. <laughs> has come back to power and yeah. no one in charge wants to talk about it. Yeah. And people want yeah. to downplay it and, yeah. and, uh, and minimize, you know, how scary things really are. Yeah. And I'm sure that, I know that when she, J.K. Rowling was writing those books, she was thinking a lot about the Second World War. Yes. And all yeah. the things that led up to the Second World War, mm -hmm. and now it just feels like, yeah. yeah. So I'd like to skip forward to the epilogue. Yes. And live yeah, there. Yeah. Not necessarily having <laughs> yeah. to face Voldemort, but yes. just living in the Wizarding World with, with all the magic. Yeah, all the with magic. Great. No big deadly conflicts. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the problem with most fictional worlds is that, you know, you, you, you think you would like to, this is such, whether it's, you know, a fantasy or a sci-fi or a historical, because you know, I read a mm. lot of historical fiction, oh, wouldn't I love to live in this time period or whatever. Well, Without probably bathrooms? not, no. first of all, because <laughs> lack of indoor plumbing would be a huge Without issue. the vote? Yeah. No. <laughs> Without the vote, no rights for women and no indoor plumbing. Um, but also, of course, because stories have to contain conflict, right. if you were transported yes. to the world of any favorite book, you would almost certainly be living through horrible events. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts about. I, I read too much dystopia to yeah. want to. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. If you read a lot of dystopia, you definitely don't want. Yeah, to I, those I, I'd have to really, yeah, I have to really think about that. Um, you don't want to be in a Cormac McCarthy novel. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The does anybody, does anybody <laughs> want to be in a Cormac McCarthy novel? Um, I'm trying to think of some of these, like, um, you know, Hunter, uh, Hunter S. Thompson kind of 60s Vegas. Oh, yeah. Like, it's the idea of it is sounds fun, but... Um, um, no, I can't. No, uh, no, no, I can't really think of it. A lot of book worlds are yeah. better off staying in the covers of books, but yeah. I think I, I totally feel you on the Harry Potter yeah. thing. Yeah, I think that... that because... Uh, just because I think it's so, I mean, in a way, it's, I say it's so beautifully crafted, and it is. There's a lot of holes in it. If you start po poking holes mm -hmm. in, in J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World, you can find a lot of things that are really illogical about the way she's mm -hmm. set it up and don't really make sense. But the details are so nice, and it pulls together so much of that. I think the boarding school story, oh, the English yeah. boarding school story. I always story. wanted to go to boarding school. Yes. Though, always. Yeah. Like, as a kid, I just read all this like Enid Blyton in British fiction. Everyone's yes. going to boarding school. It's oh, like, I, I want to go to boarding school, too. Yes. Summer yeah. camp. Yeah, just live with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, live with other kids. Yeah. Live with other kids. Kids, adults safely in the background. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, I think I think there for you know for several generations the British boarding school story yeah. was was such a staple and and then of course J.K. Rowling just took that and added magic to it. Yeah, which so was, it's yeah. like 
Yeah, it's everything. It's everything. Ah. Could what? <laughs> it's, it's interesting because uh, you think about those stories and you think about even like a lot of um, YA stuff that gets kind of trivialized, like um, like um, what's it called, like Gossip Girls and yes, yeah. Pretty Little Liars and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, when I did my education degree, uh, we did like a group project in a class where we had to look at what's like look at what teenagers are already reading and mm-hmm. make that make that that kind of literature meet the curriculum outcomes so oh, have okay. them analyze yeah. that and mm-hmm. if you look at all that stuff like uh, pretty little liars and gossip girls there's always themes with uh, the way um, you know that's kind of rich world of snotty teenagers yes. but adults are always absent or uh-huh. corrupt Oh, to those yeah. two things, yeah. absence or corrupt, and I think that's a real appeal that's, for a lot of yeah. boarding school mm-hmm. stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, like, there's a couple of teachers who are dealing with everybody who can never are never going to give you all the um, the attention, uh, the attention and yeah. uh, you know, watch you as closely as you mm-hmm. should be watched. And that's yeah. cl- that's that's classic literature too. I mm-hmm. mean, the or the preponderance of orphans or motherless yeah. children. Uh, you know, Anne of Green Gables, uh, Little Orphan Annie, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Pollyanna, all yeah. like that. The idea that that you have to remove at least some of the safe and trusted authority figures before kids right. can start having adventures right. mm-hmm. that are worth reading about, which again, I think is why living in the world of a book would be such a bad idea. Right. It's actually, no one's taking care of you. Yeah, it's actually nice to grow up with somebody yeah. taking care of you, but in a book, it works so much better. Oh, there's a great thing somebody did online. Is it all the Disney princesses? If their if their mothers had been around right. to stop oh all God. this all yes. this foolishness going Disney down, Disney likes yeah. to kill off the mothers. Oh yeah, like, no yeah. one is allowed to have a mother in Disney. No, because mothers would just shut that crap down and yes. be like, "No, yes. you are not going off to the castle to live with yes. this beast." I'm sorry, we're you're not going to the castle to live with this beast. <laughs> what is her? Her father does her, something stupid to make that happen. Yes, right? and then she has to go rescue her right. father, and then right. that's what. But yeah, the mother would have. If had there been an active mother in the scene, that would have all yeah. gotten shut down really quickly. No, but, you don't love him. This is Stockholm Syndrome. Get out of here. <laughs> That's all fairy tales as well. Yes. Too. Like there's yeah. never, there's always, there's never a mother, or if there is, it's a wicked stepmother yes. who's yeah. not invested in your life yeah. and is yeah. jealous of you. Yeah. Um, so and that's and that's the biggest nightmare. Yes. That you, you know, exactly. You yeah. There's a witch in the woods who's mm-hmm. gonna put you in the pot and see yes. you in the oven and eat yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, fairy don't come off well in these. No, stories. no, no. Fairy tales are great at getting at those sort of atavistic fears and. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about books that you, are there books that you really wish you could get other people to read or be like, I recommend this book to everyone? Our books, right? Oh, well, yeah. obviously yeah. your own books, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I always feel like any book I'm reading in the moment that I really love. So when I was reading the Daniel Kahneman book, so my husband had read it first and when he was reading it, I could tell that he really wanted me to read it because uh-huh. he would keep like reading things out loud to me. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> in the car while I was driving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anytime I'm reading a book that I really love, I really want everyone I know to read it so we can all talk about it together. <laughs> and does that work? Like if you get people to read it, do, do you do you have a lot of luck with people finding the um, same thing you did in a book? Inevitably, they don't read it for quite a bit after I've read it. Mm-hmm. And by that point, I've moved on to something else. That yes. Then I want to talk about that other book. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> what I find. Like immediately after reading a book, I read a book. A friend of mine and I have a, a shared favorite author that not a lot of other people read. So I read her new book when it came out this summer. And then my friend read it like a week or two later mm-hmm. and sent me a private message on Facebook saying, I have so many thoughts about the ending of this oh, book. So I normally love her books, but I'm not, I'm not happy with the ending. And when she caught me, I was out of town 
didn't have Wi-Fi and was like using up my phone data and I was like I'll get back to you on this I had thoughts about it too I like the ending better than you did and I, of course I forgot mm -hmm. and now I think like I'm going to message her about it but the feeling is going to be gone because yeah. you've got that immediate feeling where you've just yeah. finished a book and you want to like I just finished um Home Fire by Camilla Shamsi, which oh, is okay, on yeah. the Booker Long List yeah. and is fantastic and I wanted but I mean the book came out Tuesday so right. yeah. <laughs> there's not right. a lot of people right. around other than maybe people on the Booker jury who I don't get to hang out with a lot to talk about it with. But yeah. Then the book just came out and it's on... Yeah, because I think they, 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 got the they get the free. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the books yeah. that make the Booker That's long fantastic. list aren't necessarily even in stores yet. So this I this one was on the list before it came out. And when I read the description of it, I was like, got to get that. And then I downloaded yeah. it as soon as it came out on Tuesday. <laughs> I read it by Wednesday. It's really, really good. I just, I've been listening to, um, I've been kind of cheating a bit and listening to a short stories on podcast. Oh, yeah. The That's New Yorker has a couple of good ones. Um, but there's one that they do where I think it's called, um, I can't remember what it's called, but the the conceit of it is they ask writers to come on and pick a book from the archives, like a story from the archives and read uh -huh. someone else's oh, okay. story, and then there's like a kind of Q&A about it. Uh, so there was a great story by Jeffrey Eugenides called, uh -huh. um, it was written in the 90s, it was called Baster. Uh, and what's fantastic about it is when it begins, it's a third person story, uh -huh. and then about a third of the way through... The first person narrator introduces himself. Oh, and wow. you realize it's actually a first person story. Uh -huh. And then it continues in first person. And I thought, that's an interesting thing. So the narrator's been kind of off stage throughout the yes, first part. Yes, oh, because the main character is not the narrator, but right, he's someone yeah. else. And so the whole story, the first part of the story is like introducing this other character. I love it when people who's been like watched. Like yeah. yeah. But it didn't feel like a trick. It didn't feel like no. I was, you know, like a dirty kind of. I'm going to take the rug out from under you kind of trick. It just felt like, oh, this is really smart. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I kind of was listening to that and thinking, I was driving in the car and I was thinking, oh, I wish someone else was here with me so we could discuss this. To talk about it, yeah. 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 Do you have books that you... Oh, it's lots of them. Um, it's funny when you were talking about that. I was thinking about it was like when I you, have you read Us Conductors? Yes. Oh, I love Us Conductors. Oh, I haven't that, read that yet. Yeah, that that moment when uh, the, the 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 narrator um, um, Levi Theremin yeah. uh, is he, he's talking about his life and and you know you know his inventions and his travels and then he says and then I saw you. And he starts talking about mm -hmm. the love of his life. And when mm -hmm. he saw her for that first moment when he saw her, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I thought there was a... So there's actually audience. Yeah. That, that, that yeah. This, this, yeah. It, it the audience has changed everything. Yeah. And, uh, and you feel like a voyeur the rest of the story yeah. because you feel like, this, I'm not I'm not the you. Right, right. Yeah. It's not to you. It's this personal mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah. And and he came here like long before I read his book, so I... Uh, the writer, what, Sean, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels yeah. Okay. yeah, so he came, I got his book, and then I read it, and I thought, uh, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I wish I had read this before. Um, Were you at his reading? No. He did a really good reading. Yeah, I bet he did. It's, I always watch people doing readings, and yeah. sometimes they're excellent. Oh, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. Some he got us all to readings. take part in it. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, God, I, oh, that's nice. I was thinking, can I do that? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> well, I was like, if I was going to steal that trick, which I'm happy to steal that trick, I was like, how would I do it? And I couldn't figure it out. Oh, yeah. I was like, um, there's a, a, one of my favorite books is uh, Special Topics in Calamity Physics by Oh, Marissa I've never Fisella. read that, but I love the title. And I've always I, sort of wanted I, to pick it up because I, I love it. She's written 
she's only written a couple books. She's written that one and Night Film, and I love both of them. They do things. They're so thoroughly researched, and like the, like the for example, so in Special Topics and Calamity Physics, the main character's name is Blue. It's uh, first person um and she is uh, so you know her, her mother died when she was young again you know mm-hmm. uh, yes. a lot of parental supervision her father is this academic as professor who goes like she's never spent more than a semester or so at a, in the same place like she's never mm-hmm. spent more like four months in the same place mm-hmm. he's constantly moving he's constantly getting jobs at different universities and so she's never had like a support system she's never had long-term friends her father's also this, he's a total womanizer mm-hmm. um so she's she's you know books have been her her lifetime companion so everything that she kind of sees or learns new she's relating to something she already knows mm. so it's and she watches a lot of movies so there's constantly like references to to films and things like that throughout it and uh and i loved it and, and i tried to get a couple of friends to read it and it is kind of exhaustingly um it, it's really it's kind of dense in ways yeah that way. so i had a couple friends had a little trouble with it but um no, I just, yeah, I just love that. And there's, like, a bibliography at the end of all the things that oh, she, like, her, it's, like, her oh, mind. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. like how she like, connects information, you know. Have you read Are You There? Uh, I think it's called Are You There, Bernadette? Or Where Are You, Bernadette? Oh, Where'd You Bernadette. Go, Bernadette? Where'd yes. You Go, Bernadette? Yes. By Maria yeah. Semple? No. Sort of I've similar. seen it many times. It's thought of excellent. It yeah. uh, that one I read because a friend pushed it on me. And uh-huh. then I proceeded to push it on all my other yes. friends. Yeah. But it's similar. So the parents are absent. I mean, mm-hmm. they're physically there, but they're very absent. Mm-hmm. And it's like a single like a single child. And she's very precocious. And yeah, I think if you maybe you were talking about similar kind of books. Mm. Yes. Okay. I'm going to yeah. pick Special that one up. Topics in physics. Special, special topics in calamity physics. And her other book, Night Film, is about this. So there's this this cult horror uh, director who has this kind of, you know, a, a real following, and he's very, very secretive. And there's a lot of um, um, sketchy kind of things related to his films that people whisper about and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, this told from the point of view of this journalist who. Uh, He's kind of looking for a way to prove that this director actually has sinister intentions and may be responsible for the murder of this of this woman. Um, so it's a mystery. So it's a mystery. <laughs> uh, but a lot of the information, so it's like there's like a, a Rolling Stones uh, article and there's a newspaper article and they all are in the book. So oh, it's cool. like, so you actually feel like you're taking part in the research as well oh, like when wow. you've written it. So it's, I, I just thought it was a really nice approach mm. that she's done with that. And I've, I've, I've mentioned I actually was in a book club and we did read that and um, but it's one that I think I've, I've always wanted to talk about other to other writers who've written it to talk about that way of kind of getting to a story yes and that kind of connection with the audience to actually mm-hmm. read you know what the person who's what the protagonist is actually experiencing yeah. like you're actually reading the information with them that's really yeah. cool yeah, I really check that one out. Mm-hmm. There's a whole genre of books, uh, of which I'm not going to be able to think of a ton of examples, um, that in my mind I call adventures in research, mm-hmm. where adventures somebody in research. Yeah, somebody starts trying to uncover right. something. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying I'm, to write a book like that now. Are you? Oh, it's, it's great. Uh, adventures in research. Yeah. Adventures in research. I think Possession by A.S. Byatt is yes. sort of the, yes. the prototype of yes. that kind of book for me. And I've read some great examples and some mediocre and some that I really didn't get into. But that's something else that will always draw me. If it's a mystery, but it's yes. like a literary or historical yeah. or whatever, trying to get at it through documents, through yeah. you know. And, yeah. Another good one is uh, Geraldine Brooks's *The 
um, the people of people's the book. book. Yes, that I, love, I, love. I love Geraldine Brooks, and that one is is another great adventures and yes. research it's, novel. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one because she goes all over the world yes. in her adventures yeah, and research with, with this with this one text. Yeah, uh, we are just about at the end of time. Was there any book that either of you wanted to mention that we didn't get to? I'm reading uh, Grit right now by Angela Duckworth, which is a nonfiction. It's about uh, gritty people. And oh, okay. Yeah, and she talks about um, how the cult of talent is sort of a false god, oh. and we should kind of put less emphasis on it. Interesting. Uh, and how it's more about perseverance and just like grit. Keep, yeah, yeah, grit. Just yeah. keep at it. Uh-huh. She, yeah. have, she has a TED Talk, right? Yeah, I think she I, does. I watched that TED yeah. Talk she was talking it about. It was the big thing. nonfiction book of last year, so of course oh, I'm okay. reading it now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's excellent, oh, and I've been um, kind of gobbling it up the last couple of days, <laughs> and I think I'll probably have to go back and read it again slowly and like yeah. make notes. But yeah, it's it makes you feel good because she has all these great examples of people who failed and failed and failed and failed and failed uh-huh. and just kept powering through. Like um, oh yeah, that kind of stuff is very yeah. inspiring. Yes. Like right now I'm reading about um, a New Yorker cartoonist who began his career as a cartoonist just being rejected by the New Yorker, and I think his like rejection rate was like a hundred percent. Oh no! And then he just became very obsessed with he was going to get published in the New Yorker, and he went back and looked at. Every single cartoon the New Yorker had ever published and tried to like academically figure out, okay, what is it? Is it a style that's similar? No, oh. it's not a style. Is it, th- is it, is it thought-provoking ones? Is it funny ones? Whatever. Uh-huh. And yeah, eventually he got published by the New Yorker and then was like hired on. Is he the, what's the joke? It's like, um, what time is good for me? How about never? Is that, is that him? I don't know. I, he was just getting interviewed on Q as I was trying. Oh, oh really? it's actually, it's a rerun. Yeah. 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 You might well have been. Yeah, I'm often yeah. picking up book recommendations yeah. from people who got interviewed on CBC yeah. Radio. Yeah. Great. Great by Angela Duckworth. There's oh, a longer fantastic. title, which I can't remember. but That's, yeah. It's okay. I always post on a blog that goes along with the podcast okay, yeah. all the books that people mention and yeah. links mm-hmm. to them or whatever. So if people want to go back later and be like, what was that book she mentioned? It's written down. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the books I want to pick up soon um, is... Uh, I don't know if you've ever read any John Ronson. He wrote a book no. called yeah. The Psychopath Test. Yeah, I don't know. Um, he's written The Psychopath Test. Is, and the is, shame one. And th- that's the one I want to get. It's called oh, yeah, so, I read that last so year. You've Been Publicly Shamed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the author's yeah. name didn't trigger it for yeah. me, but the title absolutely did. I've yeah. read an article by him, yeah. I think. Was oh, he writing a book about porn now? He probably Weird porn? is. Probably. Yeah. He does. He, he's someone who seems to go and like, goes in deep into research yeah. mode mm-hmm. and finds all these interconnections yeah. between things. Like the psychopath test got into like CEOs and it got into reality TV yes. and and and. When all you these read the shame things. one, we should talk about it because I have thoughts about it. <laughs> okay, I definitely. actually just saw someone reference him, in reference to this is going to be a very timely reference. It's going to be very out of date by the time in a few weeks when this gets played. But the the neo Nazi rally yes. in Charlottesville. Oh. Uh, and talking about publicly shaming these guys oh, who are yes. out, you know, carrying yes. the nazifies. And someone said that, you know, even the guy who wrote the book about being publicly shamed thinks, yeah, it's, these guys yeah, should be shamed. These guys no, should be publicly yeah. shamed. It's and he has a lot of sympathy for people who've been publicly shamed. Yes, who yeah, I personally don't always have sympathy for. Yeah, and he yeah. doesn't have a lot of sympathy for yeah. the neo Nazis. So yeah, yeah. yeah. No, John John Ronson, I, I think is really interesting. And I um, I, I've, I'm working on a screenplay. I have a first draft of it done uh, that I've 
I, I went to the Frontiers Festival in right. July, uh, and it's about a serial killer who mm -hmm. targets internet trolls, oh. kills internet trolls. So oh, I'm kind of interested in reading this. And yeah, that's pretty good. It, it, uh, Have it, you it, read the, there was like a story, and I'm going to say it was The Atlantic, it was a few years ago, and it was about a serial killer who targeted uh, white men. Ooh. Yeah, and he targeted them through, I think he was called the Craigslist killer. He was targeting them through Craigslist, and it was after the economic downturn. Right. And the way he targeted these men is he would put ads out saying, um, I have a job. And ah. these men would go, but they, after the downturn, they lost their families. And so they were very alone and isolated. And it made them very easy targets. Oh, wow. That's but it was true. the first time I heard about a serial killer targeting people through the internet. And mm. I thought, oh. Ugh, scary stuff. Yes. And what a great note to end our talk. <laughs> oh, good. Serial killers can target you through the internet. internet. Listen to podcasts, read books. Uh, thanks <laughs> yes. a lot. This has been fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you, you so much, both of you, for coming in. That wraps up my conversation with Bridget Canning and Sharon Bala. If you want to check out any of the books that we discussed, go to my website, TrudyMorganCole.com, and click on the Shelf Esteem link. It'll take you to the blog where I list all the books that we talked about today. I'd like to thank Sharon and Bridget for being my guests. Thanks to Chris Cole for production work and theme music. And tune in again in a couple of weeks when I'll have a couple of more great guests to talk about books they find interesting. Until then, read a good book and build your shelf esteem.